This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Welcome. Leah is my guest this episode. She's what I call a seasoned dater. She dated a lot of men, had been in some long-term relationships, but hadn't found her Mr. Yes during her more than two decades of dating. Leah got to the point where she decided that it was now or never. So she contacted a local matchmaker. Going old school and turning to a matchmaker wasn't an easy decision for her to make. She talks all about why that was and about her marathon date with the 11th man the matchmaker introduced her to, Paul. And now, here's Leah's first date story. Welcome, Leah. It's nice to be here. So glad you are. Thank you. Let's learn about you before we learn about your date with Paul. I'm in my early 60s now. I've been a real estate broker for several years now. Prior to that, I had been in the apparel industry. I've traveled extensively through business and pleasure. Some of the things I love to do in my spare time are practicing Pilates, skiing, and enjoying nights out and evenings in with friends. Fabulous. Sounds like you live a very full life. It's a good life, I'm blessed to say. We have a story to delve into that starts out with a matchmaker. That is correct. I had a number of years where I was dating men that seemed really wonderful at the beginning and then over a period of a few months, a year, whatever, it just didn't seem to be right. And my mother had given me some advice at this point. She said, find a man who's divorced, whose children are grown, and who is really looking to start a second chapter in his life. And I'm blessed to say that was good advice. That's exactly what I found. She had given you this advice. How did you act on this advice? Well, Because you'd been dating for a while. So hadn't you been dating some men who were consistent with her suggestions? Well, in hindsight, some were consistent with her suggestions and others not quite. So I decided that I would pursue a matchmaker. I felt that would be a little bit more personal than Match.com or some of the other online dating sites. And it took me a while to get over the emotional hump of making that decision. And there was a woman who was advertising in a local paper, and I checked her out online, and and I made an appointment to go see her. And that's how it started. Now, you talked about needing to get over a hump. What was it that was difficult for you before you placed that call or sent that email or however you got in touch with her? I, I felt I was smart and had a lot of things to offer, and yet I wasn't meeting men who were really matching me back in that. And so there was an emotional hurdle to say, okay, I need help. I'm doing something wrong. There's something going on in my life that just wasn't quite working out the way I always thought it would. 
And I was at an age at that point that it's it's now or never. So picked up the phone and made an appointment with her. What was that appointment like? She was a very sweet woman, a little bit older than me. She was a little kooky. And she, she showed me pictures of different men in her database. And she said I could pick 10 that I wanted to meet. Were there 10 there who? Oh, there were hundreds. That, but that you wanted to meet? Yes, there were 10 that I wanted to meet. And she said she would then contact them and send them my profile and picture. And if they were interested as well, that they would call me. Directly? Directly. She wasn't going to be in the middle of it? No, she was just the impetus for the initial introductions. So um, I started getting calls, and there were some very nice men, and there were some very quirky men. And then she called me up, and she said, this one really nice man, this really good one, just came into my office. And... I thought he'd be really good for you. And that was Paul. He was actually number 11 for me. We were only allowed 10, but he was number 11. Did the matchmaker send you his profile with his photo? She did that. She emailed it to me, and I said, sure, I'd like to meet him. He called me a few days later. He was actually on assignment uh, for a two-month period. And when he called me to say what city he was in, my response was, oh, better you than me, because I used to travel to that city quite extensively in my prior career and was happy not to be doing that anymore. So we had a nice laugh about that. Did you have to wait two months to meet him? We did wait almost two months. We talked on the phone regularly. It was very easy to converse with him. We texted, we emailed. He had been married before. He had two children. Uh, one was out of college and starting her career. The other was in college still. And I thought, woohoo, my mother would be so happy. Almost two months pass, and what happens next? We had arranged a date that he would pick me up at one o'clock on Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. At your house? At my home. I felt comfortable enough then. He came in, we sat for a little while, just, I guess, sizing each other up because we'd spoken so many times and emailed and texted, and now we were meeting for the first time. What were you thinking as you were sizing him up? I was a little concerned that he was a little too old for me because he made a comment, oh, I think you're too young for me. And I asked him how old he was, and he told me, and there's a nine-year difference, so it's not that outrageous. So once we put that aside, he said, well, would you like to go have some lunch, and we'll go to the museum. And I thought that was just a really classy first date, and I knew he had put some thought into it. We went to an outdoor cafe for lunch. It was a lovely day, and uh, we both ordered salads. It was interesting for me to see what kind of food he was eating, to see if there was a compatibility factor there, and there certainly was. What were you looking for when you were checking out what type of foods he was eating? I wanted to see 
if he was a heavy, greasy food, lot of red meat, if he was that kind of an eater. And he wasn't, nor am I. And I thought that was a good sign. What'd that tell you? It told me that uh, he wants to take care of himself. Anything else memorable from the cafe portion of your first date? He had talked about the relationship his brother has with his, his wife. And they were married very young out of college. And they're so much fun and they're best friends. And he was starting to tell me a little bit about his first marriage and his ex-wife. And that he really wanted the kind of relationship that his brother and sister-in-law had. And I found that to be very refreshing because so many men I dated were afraid of commitments or always looking around the corner that there would be somebody more beautiful, more smart, more this, more that. And uh, for somebody like me who had had a history of dating those kinds of men, it scared me and it terrified me. And as we were talking, getting to know each other in person, I had mentioned that, oh, I've in prior relationships trying to uh, be somebody that I'm not, trying to please somebody in a way that wouldn't ordinarily be what I would do or what I would think. And he said to me, which I found to be very wise and honest, if you're not going to be yourself, who are you going to be? And between that and he stayed with his ex-wife to raise their kids, which I thought was very selfless and very generous. And they both knew that they really were not compatible. They had just married too young in life and they had an amicable divorce. And these were all so refreshing and honest and there was so much integrity there. It started alleviating my terror. Paul shared a lot with you on the first date. He did. You were okay with that, it sounds like. I was scared. This was a very long first date. So by the end of the night, I had a lot to think about. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, "This this is a good person. This is a good guy. What happened after you were done with your lunch at the cafe? We went to the museum. We started out in one gallery and we just strolled and strolled and Paul would make a little joke about this art or that art and he was starting to hold my hand, which was I was a little nervous about. We actually bumped into somebody he worked with, but Paul couldn't remember his name, so he couldn't introduce me, so we laughed about that later, of course. We were in the museum for, I think, a couple of hours. It was a really nice date. Let's go back to him holding your hand. You kept your hand in his hand? Did you pull it away? There's a lot of presumption there to grab somebody's hand after you've only been with them for a short while. It was a little uncomfortable at first, but certainly by the end of the the date, it it was a good thing. He was feeling it. Yes. I was nervous. He was feeling it. And again, that was such a difference from men I had dated in the past. Do you think he was picking up on your nervousness at all? I think he was nervous, but in a different way. 
And he said this by the end of the day that I really want to make this work. And then I got really scared. And for the first week or so, when he would bring up talking about us and making a work, then it's like, slow down, buddy. So uh, he was he was very considerate. He was always very considerate. Sounds like your time at the museum was quite romantic and enjoyable. That is very true. And we had such a nice time at the museum. Neither of us really wanted the day to end. By this time, it was mid-afternoon. I can't remember if he suggested or I suggested that we go to look at some art galleries. So we, we got in his car, drove across town, strolled around through some other art galleries. We stopped for a beer. By this time, it was getting close to dinner time, and we're starting to head back to my home for him to drop me off. And he said, would you like to have dinner? And we ended up going for sushi. Nice. Which again was very nice. After dinner, he drives me back home. Just being polite, I said, would you like to come up for a cup of tea? Not expecting anything else, not planning anything else. And he said, sure. So he came in and we had some tea. And he was there about half an hour. And by this time, it was a long day. And I basically said, I think it's time for you to go home. So uh, that was the end of our first date. What happened when he left? Did he give you a kiss goodbye? Was there a hug? What was the farewell? There was a hug. There was a light kiss, nothing passionate. He did tell me later when he got in his car, he called a very good friend of his and said, I've met her. And his friend said, you're crazy, you've had one date. And he goes, I've met her. This is the woman I'm going to marry. Wow. Of course, he didn't tell me that till a couple weeks later. Still, that's pretty early to share that sort of a huge epiphany. If he would have called me and said, as he's driving home, this, you're the girl I'm going to marry, I would have said, you're really crazy, my friend. Now, what did you tell the matchmaker after you got back in touch with her? I told her it was a really lovely first date, that he's a really good man. He had a really strong moral compass. He was well-spoken. He was well-educated. He was really a very solid person, and I like that. What happened next? This was a three-day weekend. I'm at work on Tuesday. And I get a phone call from a florist saying he's trying to deliver flowers to my home address. So an hour later, this huge bouquet of red roses came. Oh, my goodness. Which is, So I called him to thank him. And then he said, when can we get together again? And so we made a date for the following Friday night. Then what happened? We had a second date planned. He came to pick me up. And when I opened the door, just spontaneously, I kissed him. A big, passionate kiss. And he was surprised. I was surprised. I felt it, and he felt it, and it just 
it just, we just knew that we were going to be together. All that tension you had built up, I guess, just, you know, went away, all that concern, and after you planted your lips on his, huh? All that terror went away. Had you thought no. about doing that before you no. did it? It you... was completely spontaneous. Oh, it must have just made him so happy. <laughs> He stuck around. He stuck around. He stuck around. So it was very nice. He took me to a very nice romantic restaurant. Again, he gave it a lot of thought. I had expected we would just, again, do something very casual since I had an early morning flight the next day. And then I went on my business trip and we spoke and texted and emailed that entire week. When I came back, we got together again. And that was the weekend he proposed. So... We met on Memorial Day weekend, and on Father's Day weekend, he proposed. I'm almost speechless. Paul, wow. Paul wasted no time. He wasted he's, no time. He's a man who knew what he wanted in his future, who he wanted in his future. He wanted you. I guess so. And did you have any inkling that he was going to propose so soon? He had said something in passing the week before in one of our conversations that something to the effect of, don't be surprised, but one of these days I'm going to ask you to marry me. One of these days, there barely been a month. And so. I took it as, oh yeah, right. Okay, sure. Uh -huh. No worries. Oh, yeah, no, don't hold your breath. It, it, it just was such a spontaneous comment that I just didn't even really take it seriously. And then sure enough, he proposed three weeks later and I was afraid to tell my mother. <laughs> so by this time, I thought, oh, my mother's going to think I'm crazy. It took a few days for me to tell her. When I finally did, she just was really happy. And she said, well, he must be a really good guy that you would agree to marry him because we know you've been shopping around for quite a while for husbands. <laughs> How long thereafter did you get married? She encouraged me to wait a year. So Paul moved in with me, which was fine. We got married a year later. That's wonderful. And probably during that year, you learned a lot about him that you would have learned had you dated for more than three weeks before Absolutely. the two of you got engaged. So yeah. that kind yes. of handle, or not handled, but it validated and, and uh, provided information for you about him. Yes. Yeah. And what I found, so many people say, oh, marriage is hard, or marriage is, you have to really work at it. And certainly we have our disagreements, everybody does, but I actually find living with him to be very easy and, and a lot of fun and very comfortable. Such an amazing and romantic story, Leah. What advice do you have for our listeners? You were single for a long time. You met him later in life. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the ladies listening to us, what thoughts and advice do you have for them? I think what I've learned the hard way is that when your heart and your head agree, you've met the right person. So many men I've dated in the past, I would say, he's great, but... He's great, but, and you really have to listen to your inner voice. And that took me a long time to learn. The other thing is people always say, oh, be with somebody who makes you laugh. Well, I think being with somebody that you really trust, I think trust is a really important part of marriage. 
and perhaps not given enough credit to how it can make a successful relationship. Those are really two incredibly valuable pieces of advice. Thank you for being on this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Jody. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have your own take on this story, head on over to firststatestories.com and leave a comment. While you're there, check out the articles about celebrating singledom and dating in midlife. First Date Stories provides inspiration, camaraderie, and support for single, divorced, and widowed women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. While you're on the website, you can also tell us about a memorable first date that you've been on by popping on over to the share section of our site. We are always up for a good story, and we may invite you to be a guest on a future show. We also have a bi-weekly newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you'll find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best you, to cheer you on, and to keep you going on first dates because beyond your next first date may be the long-term love you're seeking.